Hello and welcome to This Contains Garlic. You are here with your hosts, Georgia Garlic and... Mark Garlic. We are back for episode 20 and what a good episode this is going to be. Yeah, we've... Uh... Oh yeah, we've been a bit silent for a couple of weeks and... Why is that, Georgia? <laughs> we are not going to rant about it today. We will in a later podcast for the primary reason... That if you ever switched on to episode 11 or 10 or whatever, where we had a life rant about um, our previous place that we were living, well, shit's gone really south. downhill. <laughs> like a lead balloon. But we're uh, not going to get into it because we've actually, we don't want to give the person the benefit of any airtime uh, any airtime or taking up any of our uh, consciousness or our mental space so what we're actually going to discuss today is um we are changing a few things sorry are you is that gender or no. <laughs> you're about to say yeah. Sorry, but like it was like we are. Yeah, we're, we're changing. changing. Yeah, we're changing. Um, um, so it is pretty. Uh, well, I think it's a big announcement. George said, said it's not really. But no, I think okay, it is. no. First of all, let's put some context behind this. Okay, put some context. This podcast it. is called "This Contains Garlic." This is because you, it is run by both Georgia and Mark Garlic, and who are speaking right now. But we also, obviously, where you would have come across the podcast would be via the Arrow Club, which was obviously and is obviously our business currently. Now, the Arrow Club um, was a business in which we formed quite a few years yeah. ago before we opened up our private personal training studio. And the whole brand and the business had a slightly different ethos to what we potentially stand for today. Yeah, and I think it just represented that moment in our life where we were moving to Cape Town. We wanted to open up a small personal training studio and we kind of went through that personal journey of understanding a brand and what we were trying to achieve. And the Arrow Club was synonymous with a couple of things. Right. Number one, I would say that on the better of how could you explain branding, I would probably be slightly better, Mark. Mark's mimicking me right now as I say this. When we first started the Arrow Club, for those that are not aware, we worked in private personal training studios, people, your clients' homes and stuff for many, many years. And we ran a very successful business primarily separately. Now, we did come together at like nearing the end point before the mm. Arrow Club was formed, where we effectively uh, ran a... Well, we didn't really... We were yeah, still we shared a few clients. We shared a few clients, well, we, shall pre we say. Predominantly was face-to-face. -face. I had my clients. Georgia had her clients. And then we shared a few clients. But we were and always then, working in similar spaces. Yeah, we were so always sh in the same gyms, but shame. not... In the same gyms, but not like working as one identity let's put it that way so obviously when we decided that we wanted a bit of break from london and that we wanted to purchase a house and we wanted everything you know and we wanted to create this we obviously had to have uh well we didn't have to have we created the brand which is the arrow club and the reason the arrow club formed was because we wanted something that represented not only our clientele but it being very results driven mm. and if you don't haven't clocked onto the arrow club yet and obviously an arrow represents moving forward to targets and that you can't go backwards only forward so that's the reason why 
we called it the Arrow Club. We did a number of different brainstorming meetings with mentors. And we what what and other d- uh, ideas did we have that were pretty... Well, back in the day, clients... We came if up anybody with fo- that, has followed uh, me on social media for any years, it probably it has to be quite a few years because I'm just not very... <laughs> I'm not there currently. But I used to call my clients like of the day uh goddess gains so i used to say that like every one of my clients that was female was a goddess and it was like they were training for gains mm. and we mark's probably laughing right now because you don't think this is going anywhere but i specifically Ooh. remember where we started brainstorming because i was like well it started going into stuff like the olympics and goddesses and greek gods and it went down into a number of different branding ways you could for us to come to the fact that actually an arrow represented something we want to. And I think that came based off of a discussion on the Olympics and javelin and what goddesses and, and gods back in the day, yeah. how they used to fight and they used to have a spear. So Mark's sat there laughing, Jeez. but you were fucking part of this and you clearly yeah, don't remember. I was clearly, I was clearly an instrumental. Yeah, you end Anyway. Anyway, so obviously when we discussed what kind of, you know, when you go into niching a business and understanding where your market sits and stuff, we obviously had previously been dealing with clients which were very high net worth, um, a lot of them CEO positions, stuff that where results needed to strive quite prominently in the business. And I think the Arrow Club again, you know, basing off the fact that a club was a community of people would allow people to have like a private space in which they not only was to a very high standard, but create, you know, allowed them to not to create the best versions of themselves. And I think obviously we did come, you know, we had actually quite a lot of international clients actually in the Arrow Club. Um, I'm not really sure the percentage of how many actually South Africans we had as clients. Um. Uh, we had a few and then... I'd know, probably say had... 70% was international, 30% was South African in the grand yeah. scheme of things. Yeah. And that I'd really, being very honest with you, came down to our price point. Like when we first priced... Yeah, I think the market at the uh, current time in South Africa, well, especially, well, not South Africa, sorry, in Cape Town, had very rarely seen a successful small personal training studio that's not a large-scale gym that has hundreds of pieces of cardio equipment and machines like a Virgin Active or, um, you know, other Planet Fitness and other large-chain gyms. So even when we went to speak about leasing commercial land and stuff like that and we try to, like, pitch the... Because people are like, what do you want this for? And then we try and tell them, like, the idea just never uh, got past go, put it that way. So, um, yeah, we were... Yeah, I, I mean, that's we, when we were like, right, well, if we wanted to be private, we wanted to be personal, like, we kind of came to the decision that, like, purchasing a property would be a better, I guess, investment going forward, whether it was an investment in the grand scheme of things sitting here right now, probably not. But the in the sense of what we wanted to do, it was the best way was buying a house and renovating it into effectively two completely separate entrances and creating a space where not only people felt safe, but also welcome and the fact that they were there for results. And we obviously did create that space and very successfully. And then obviously 
the C word of COVID hit. Yeah. And I think it's actually really important. And like, uh, pe- people are always, that. whenever we, we, we do talk about it, people and say, yeah, well, we closed the gym because it wasn't because of COVID. You know what I mean? Like, I think before, one thing we'd done about a year before COVID hit was the fact that we'd effectively. Look, we'd always been face-to-face trainers and our complementary part of that, or should we say the side job, was online. And online was very, very basic back then. That stuff was sent on emails. That was just like, you know, random documents. It wasn't really our focus in the sense of energy and time because obviously our face-to-face clients were the priority of it. And I guess when things... I don't know, when we moved to Cape Town, obviously our demand from international increased quite significantly because obviously of previous clients, people that obviously knew of us and stuff like that now wanted to become online clients. So we needed to effectively make our service better online and we started developing a membership site and in fact we did launch that membership Mm -hmm. site whilst we were still obviously running the gym and it did really, really well. And so it meant that all of the international clients could effectively train with us online without having to be obviously Mm. in our space in Cape Town. But I guess you could say we were pretty, not lucky, it was effectively us putting the work in, but we were lucky in the sense that we'd launched something online quite significantly Mm. before COVID hit. And about three months before it came out in the news about COVID, we were experimenting with one, a business mentor about launching virtual training. And trying to understand like how we could even try and merge technology in with training Mm. like there's such an idea there we were even like oh my god we should create an artificial intelligent app for like tracking food like we had so many ideas flying around for online covid hits and you've got no choice but to close i guess what we developed now did we start to slightly fall out of love? I guess we also had to, like, with the South African rules, with, because, like, we know a couple of gym owners here that during during COVID times were, were still open and taking clients through the back door. And, like, when it came to South Africa, we had to, when we closed the gym, it was like you weren't allowed to leave the house, to walk the dog, to do anything. And people were taking your license plate numbers down, ID numbers. It was really quite full on for like a large portion of that time where we literally even if we really wanted to would be would have been unable to to have people within the gym to keep her running so we completely pivoted online yeah i think a lot of people in the uk managed to get things like physio certificates having a very international business with a lot of you know running on travel industry south africa was on the red list until fucking forever it's like till like last year like, end of last like, year yeah, even green then, list red list red list can't travel here especially south africa because it was i can't even remember why because we actually was, couldn't get out of south africa there was like something yeah. that people don't understand like with the uk you had numerous times to potentially mm. get somewhere do a test do this we literally had no option but to literally no. stay in our home for weeks no. months years and like especially cape town it's you're talking three three plus million tourists a year going to the western Cape, and now suddenly there's none and then now there's zero and 
So yeah. everything went kind of slightly wrong in South Africa mm. in the time because, you know, you've got to imagine crime rates then go th- through the roof because tourists mm. are not there in the sense of, you know, money's not being given to people that want it or need it. Mm. You know, people are becoming much more unhappy. And, you know, then obviously the South African government always likes to throw in like electricity cuts oh, and all I the things that him. I guess get to the point where you're like, what the fuck? Anyway, going back to obviously when COVID hit and we closed the gym, we effectively, we pivoted so quickly. It was almost like too quickly. Mm. And we went from one day having a gym open to we're now virtual trainers and we are now online coaches full time and we're going to launch virtual classes. We're going to do virtual training. And it was great. Mm. It did really well. Mm -hmm. But along the way we kind of, I guess, fell out of love with the Arrow Club itself and what we formed because it was always like this thing where people would reference back, oh yeah, the gym you've got, have you still got the gym or the Mm. gym? And it's like, the Arrow Club is represented with a private personal studio space, you know, but it doesn't necessarily represent us as to the business that we now have, which is online coaching. And Mm. I guess for what we had to do for the Arrow Club to open, the same had to at some point apply for us online. Mm. You can't expect to run a business where you're not entirely sure of the direction it's totally going in. And we, I guess we pivoted very quickly and we didn't give ourselves the time to really, I guess, delve deep into where you see yourself in the online space. And I guess where this also is different is the fact that we work together and the business is together. So it's not like something we can independently do, you know, each one of us, we ran a business together. So mm. the Arrow Club went online and I'm sure many people would be like, well, it doesn't really make any fucking difference. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But it does because for us, the Arrow Club was something that it's not currently. Yeah, it started off as like, you know, it's something completely different. And, you know, having realized that you're, you're, it's a, essentially a completely different job um, yes, completely different And it just job. needs to, like everything in life, you know, everything needs to, a bit of change, a bit of growth. Yeah, and so um, I think we've, the past uh, year or so, it's, we did really, really well on socials throughout COVID in the sense of like, you know, we were known as information providers. We did build a lot of trust and have got a lot of trust with our following, but it just, isn't really sitting right to what we really want this business to grow Mm. into. And it's Mm. in, if almost like I find social media and the whole way through my whole life on social media, that I've been on it to be like, just such a, like a judgmental place in so many ways. And I think it's important we talk about this because it kind of makes you hold back, you know, for somebody, I would say that when I left London or when I worked in London, my ego was probably a lot, probably a lot more than what it is right now we as we've said before when you're surrounded by people that I guess like praise you there's waiting lists there's fucking people that want you left right and center your ego just naturally gets slightly larger and was I proud of having a large ego no and I think both me and Mark knocked ourselves down a few pegs especially when we had to go do you think I had a big ego fuck me Mark do you know what I mean (laughs) literally Mark fucking was like um, you were like jesus at one point i was like jesus no you thought you were jesus, I I thought I was jesus. jesus. anyway i don't think it was like i'm sure many people are still holding egos that large but that shouldn't be but you know when we got to cape town we literally 
literally started from scratch. Nobody knew who the fuck we were. Mark's not South African, he's Zimbabwean. We didn't have yeah. any context. People think that we went across there because of family, nothing. We went across there for a change. So we literally went in brand spanking new. Fresh. And we did exactly what every business would do, which is speak to PR companies, fucking message people on LinkedIn. Oh, oh my God. And we got some awful responses from people. We got told like, how the fuck can you even justify your costs? And let alone in Cape yeah. Town, we were charging a quarter of what we were charging in London. Yeah. And that was still three times more yeah. than what the going out rate. So we were like, we've got to go with this. It's and it works. A, it's also, it's... Like, very different service yeah it's also a very different service but being the first no not the first but i'm sure i'm sure there's other private studios but being the first one well, to do Cape it properly Town's city center probably yeah to do it properly yeah to do um, it properly and to make people and like when we do things properly i just like to reset we do it fucking properly yeah. you know you want something branded here's a fucking aluminium bottle with our branding on you want to make sure that you have got your phone charged here's a fucking arrow club charger for you to plug your mm. phone into like no, nothing was like, left yeah. unturned the towels were rolled in a specific way if anybody touched it i'd have a breakdown yeah, like the, the place was, was so spotless. clean it was so clean that I just still can't believe it was we that had, clean. It was a vibe. It was. It was, a, had, it was a vibe. We had a good sound system, good playlist. Such a good speaker system. <laughs> uh, it was yeah. Top was notch legit. equipment, but so you know it changed. Trading first into into that environment and doing it properly and wanting to, and finding your value and getting charged what you should be charged. Uh, in an industry, charging. in an industry that doesn't value it or doesn't see the value of it straight away, was yeah. Because everybody, hard. everybody like uh, like in London, having a personal trainer to to a certain demographic is very normal. So paying sixty to a hundred quid an more hour, than that now, more than about. that, depending on where you are, is not foreign. It's like a common kind of thing. It's used quite, to, yeah. yeah. So, I'd say that probably in London, you're probably talking like in where we are, minimum you know, 80, yeah, max so 120. It comes down to like geographical location, how consistent are you? And if you can build a relationship with that individual, then people find value and will pay I think also results for, speak as well. You know, but to be able to get, especially South Africans and Cape Townians, to, to buy in and and pay, you know, three times the going rate just shows you... Yeah, I specifically we remember we create. did a LinkedIn campaign. Not a LinkedIn campaign. What we did is we'd effectively, right, we'd opened up the gym and we were like, all right, where the fuck's the first client coming from? Obviously, people followed me on social mm. media that were actually Cape Tonian, which was actually really weird that people <laughs> had followed me. Okay. But they had, and that was through numerous of years of me being on social media. And certainly, like, so people started to come to the door and it was slow at start. Mm. But we start, we contacted uh, a lot of people via LinkedIn because yeah. our net, our, I guess our networking yeah. was with CEOs, people that were very successful yeah. in their own right and also mm. had the, the net worth to be able to afford to come, I guess. And, and that's we, something that is... Day, that's what we, who we ended up with to a certain degree. 100%. But they just weren't South African. They were uh, Swiss, a couple of German, was South African, but Nigerian. Yeah. Um, people from uh, Dubai, you, yeah. you know, like it was, it really came... And then we had a lot of people who were, who spent, who were the clients of ours in the UK who spent a lot of time in South Africa mm. or in Cape Town with their families so they also used to come across as well yeah. but you can imagine that when I contacted 
I remember it was the CEO of some company mm. and I just said a message like, we've opened up this amazing space. Like, it's fucking amazing. Like, obviously, like the best sales pitch you're going to get. Like, do you want to come down? Like, you know what I mean? And we can do like a trial run. <laughs> and response was like, why the fuck would I pay you that when I pay Virgin Active 200 rand a month, mm. which is equivalent of what, Mark? Like 10 quid. Yeah, like, like yeah, 10 quid a month. And so we're sitting there going okay like literally and uh, don't yeah, ever think you've yeah. never like we yeah. sit here and i think it's really important that of course yeah. like every point in your career have you either had like rejection that you've just had to overcome yeah, and it wasn't that just... we got it a lot but we did get it a lot in the sense of money in south africa we got a lot of people oh, contacting yeah. us and being like um i just really like your service but like why are you so expensive and it would just be like really awkward to try and actually yeah. have to deal with because when you are a trade, like I've never had to justify myself. I was very lucky with the clientele mm. that I had. They fully believed in our service. They loved being with us as, mm. you know, as clients and not one person wanted to conflict the price. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's what they're expecting to pay. Exactly. So you go somewhere and literally price is the fucking only thing that somebody's looking at. And you're like, but you don't understand. Yeah, the service is so good, but nobody's experienced it. So you wouldn't know, like literally. It's representative of the target market. Yeah, definitely. So going... It would have been very different in Johannesburg where people, that would have been like lapped up because people are a lot more like vibrant and outgoing a lot more money spent in a lot more a lot more young money like property yeah property everything's a little bit more fast-paced people value what they look like and where they go and places and it's a little bit more vibey cape town is Cape Town, you've got like because i can say this some jewish you've got like the fucking jewish the jewish sector which is really jewish so unless you you've got to wean yourself in with people like that. And because mm. obviously I am Jewish, I can speak like this, but you can wean yourself into training Jewish people if you want. However, categorically, I will say that sometimes they're very hard clients to deal with because I know exactly how Jewish people behave and exactly like my family does as well on that side. So it's like, it's one of those things where like they had like the Jewish sector, which is obviously Seapoint, Fresno mm. side, you know, you kind yeah, of had Atlantic to be in with the Jewish crew and they had their gym spot. So that was like, that was probably our biggest threat across that side was one of the gym spaces that was down the road from us. But yeah, um, I would say, yeah, in yeah. the sense of like trying to get clientele that I guess were, there's only very certain locations where net worth, I guess, is yeah, in exceed, Cape Town. Yeah, it's, it's literally by the sea enough, yeah. or in Constantia. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. And then like, well, you could go further out, like, you know, Somerset West and stuff like that. But mm. in the sense of what we were targeting, mm. it was in certain locations. So you had to kind of find it. And I think... We definitely navigated it well. In fact, sometimes I think we don't actually ever sit back and think, fuck, actually, how did we ended up with just every variety of client in yeah, Cape Town? Yeah, I think the, 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 the types of clients that we dealt with in Cape Town were more, I'd say, without any disrespect to any of our older clients, more interesting because it was. <laughs> But in the in the sense that that, yeah, but there's just maybe it's just dealing with different demographics and races and cultures and and things. I do feel that London very much brings the fact that people just have to talk about money the whole fucking time. Like it's just like how much they've got, where they're going, what they've bought. You know, you know how is this so expensive? And it's like literally already a million quid. You sat there like, what? Why are we having this conversation? You know, is it normal spending three thousand pounds on a dry cleaner? It was so difficult because I had to go and get a nail appointment yeah. yesterday at 10 a.m. No, 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 not the fact it was it was difficult because she rearranged me and the 
fact that that's really selfish. Yeah, so that's like the kind of maybe general chit chat yeah, some of our clients very, used to be like. like um, shallow. Yeah, stuff that like just, you uh, but kind not, of... not not with everybody. A lot of and then you know we obviously grew heavy bonds with 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 the people that were normally the ones our, that worked pretty hard and fucking yeah, had developed just normal so. individuals like not the celebrities or the any of or the, the socialites uh, or the acquaintances yeah. that come with it but you know in yeah. general you know so you can imagine so that's just i guess that's just a little bit of an insight as to what you know where the arrow club first started mm. now obviously before that as we said we were independent trainers pretty much working for ourselves but we just were in the same space the whole bloody time so now where we're at now now where we're at now that's not very good english where we're at now <laughs> where we're is nowhere. for the past year or so and as i said we kind of fell out of love with what we were actually doing always and we knew that everything we did with clients would be an insanely good service and we still to this day will only ever better that mm. and i think those that have worked with us applied themselves and you know that's a big thing worked with us and applied themselves consistently We'll also say that we literally have gone above and beyond to help people online mm. through every kind of hurdle. And we've kind of navigated it in a way where as much as it's worked, it's just not working as well as what we want it to work with in the sense of seamlessness, growth and everything that yeah, comes just, with a business. Yeah, yeah, I just don't think we resonate with the brand anymore because we've changed as individuals. Um, as most people have during the the COVID uh, period and pre and post, so you know, like yeah, things change. You reevaluate. Yeah. a lot of the clients that I've spoken to even this week yeah. of how much is they've had to reevaluate in their lives. It's mm. just things they never thought they'd reevaluate, yeah. but they are. And, and I, I think now that we're settled in our new house and everything's really, we really enjoy our environment. Yeah, now's the perfect time to to action some larger changes and to you yeah, know, push like, ourselves outside of our own comfort zones uh, to grow into something different and something new. So I guess if we're moving forward, obviously we would say the fact that the Arrow Club, the name is no longer. Now, the name will be changing into something which again was another business idea which we're not going to go actually too much into because it's still a bloody good idea but we just mm. don't think it's actionable just right now um we're naming the company soak up now people will be like what yeah, the fuck super you know what random. I mean? soak up what are you talking about well when we you probably who are listening to this now came across us on social media you mm. knew us as infographic providers you probably didn't know who was behind all of the work we kept ourselves very very quiet we had minimal personality behind what we created we just provided as much information as we could for somebody mm. to navigate their health and well-being mm. and we did it and have done it incredibly well however we effectively created ourselves as educational leaders as such and a trusted place you can mm. come to with for advice. And Soak Up felt relevant to us because we wanted people to come in, absorb what we had to offer and get the results mm. that they were after. Mm. And soaking up and like, how, you know, using your brain, training your brain to literally think like mm. better, to feel better, to progress yeah. in life. Soak Up felt right to us. It felt like a cooler idea for online mm. it's much more brandable for us in mm. the sense of not being with the arrow club yeah. and 
That's why people are like, wait, are you a fucking bath company? But no, think about it. No, no. Soak up is actually a fantastic yeah, name. If you think, <laughs> yeah, the, uh, obviously, habit, habit, and b- behavioral changes also come from, you know, change of mindset, and we always talk about how. Um, most individuals are their own biggest hurdles with their own internal narrative and the way that they speak to themselves and the way that they can, you know, carry around a negative viewpoint on themselves or, or have unrealistic ex- expectations. So being able to, uh, you know, bring everything together in, in one brand of like information, changing uh, mindset and behavioral habits, uh, you know, comes from the brain comes from you know what is represented your mind is generally represented in the form of a brain i just think it's very obvious that like we can make physical changes we can we can make physical changes we can get six packs we can tone up we can do all of this but everything starts from what you're thinking to start off with and what you're thinking to start off with starts in the brain obviously and i think for us it was all about soaking up that coaching information the information that we could provide the you know the results that we could provide you and create it into a brand which I guess people can then fall in love with again Mm. as much as they did the Arrow Club. And we don't want this to come across like at any point, you know, that we're, you know, we're not interested. We, our business is only going to get better from now. And I think this is very important to disclose that nothing, if you work with us currently, if you've been a client previously, it's only going to be bloody better. And we're probably, should probably now the time to sort of go into where our focal Mm. point is is going with the business and for the past uh, year or so we've been studying a lot into behavioral change Mm. and understanding relationships more and those relationships of what we're talking about is couples pretty much so people those are married long-term partners those that co-inhabit with each other and what we came to our you know research has you know shown and what we've learned is the fact that change is actually incredibly hard to make if you co-inhabit with somebody that isn't on the same page and that mm. their priorities aren't as large as what yours might be when it comes to health yeah. and well-being. And we thought, you know what? We've worked with so many couples, and so mm. we still do, yeah. who embark on a journey together because they know if they do it together, they're not going to get distracted. Mm, they're going to both apply themselves and they're both going to form these habits which they then can take further into life and also be able to maintain together so whether that means that they've got work stress life stress children you know that they know they that they can adapt accordingly Mm. and so where we want soak up to go is primarily helping couples achieve long-term success in weight loss and in habit formation so that they can effectively have not only a stronger relationship in the couple which you know just if we pause there you know we are a couple we're a married couple we do a lot together I shouldn't I should probably just say everything together barring the fact we're not like stepbrothers turning up at a client but like you know it's it we are together a lot of the time (laughs) 97, 8% of the time we are together. 99. 100% of the time. 100% of the time we are together. And me and Mark 
are have not only experienced our own journeys personally but we also are very aware of our behaviors in a space around you know together and I obviously went on a huge weight loss journey. Mark's obviously been a bodybuilder for many years and that's embarked on another side of a journey. And I think together, you know, we know that when things are going a little bit shit or we're stressed or things, life throws hurdles or we're not willing to really be on track, we both self-sabotage but like conjoined or one enables the other or something happens and we're like, no, let's do this. And the amount of things that me and Mark do together in the sense of decision making and the same with a lot of couples mm. you know that we've worked with you know when you buy a house it's together do you know what I mean when you're talking about finances most of the time it's about okay where are we going to go next should we do this together when you're going on holiday oh we're going together everything's so together but yet one thing that's always been like an anomaly has been health and fitness people have always got very contradicting you know opinions on mm. things and it makes I guess. I guess our, our experience as well with uh, clients, um, you know, sometimes unfortunately their partners or spouses hold them back or yeah. maybe don't fully understand the importance of another person, that person's personal journey, and don't either take it as seriously or that uh, as that person does or undermines them or doesn't fully support them and encourage them to do certain things that they need to do to make themselves feel better about themselves. Um, and yeah, like George just said, we do, we've done a lot of research and, you know, you know, anybody can go onto Google and type in a calorie calculator and find out how many calories you need to eat and, you know, down, go onto YouTube and get a free workout. And, you know, a lot of these resources now are a dime a dozen. So doing research into, okay, well, what other aspects of life are the predetermining factors to you succeeding or failing? And that is environment and mm. outside of work, which is, you know, one thing but then we're also spending a vo the vast majority of the uh, uh, of that time is with your spouse or with your partner so it's mm. being it feels right for us because it sits also very yeah, right we, for us we like relate we... to it so much with the, the 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 drawbacks and and the hurdles and you know, we, we've been married now for... Not the fact you can't remember, nearly five, five years. years yeah. yeah, so... But you know, we've obviously been there. together, we're getting there. We've yeah, been together for a while, but I yeah. think it's just really important that, you know, what we go into... It's not we're going into it. Like, as I said, we've like, we've spent a lot of time studying the past couple of years, especially when throughout COVID and stuff with mm. behavior change. It's been a massive passion, the psychology behind how people think mm. and how they behave and how environment has to play. It's actually very, very in-depth. And obviously, it's mm. not something to necessarily talk about right now. But it's it's what really interests us because it's all very well you know, getting a training program, like Mark says, oh, I've got my calorie type, mm. whatever. But actually the change happens in your brain first. Yeah. And it's about also that environment as to how, you know, you can, a lot of people put things off because potentially of a partner getting in mm. the way or, you know, and so it's very important that if you are spending your life with somebody, yeah. well, till death do us part and all of that, you know, yeah. that 
or even just a long-term relationship that when you're living together and when that your goals start to align in the sense of your health so that doesn't have to be like the same goal exactly like mm. I want to have a six pack or I want to have yeah. this. It just means that your priorities are coming along the same pathway yeah. so that you're never resenting one another over something. You know, I've worked with a lot of married women as such throughout, you know, old, slightly old, obviously older than what I am. And I'm talking people that have been married for 20, 30 years plus. And the biggest fact that we've always found has been that has stressed a relationship or a marriage out mm. has been about what the other partner looks like now i know this is a very very sensitive subject to a lot of people a lot of women go through huge transitions in life which mm. means that their bodies adapt you know whether that's pregnancy mm. whether that's menopause whether that's menstrual cycle whatever your body adapts men the same you know there's a lot of conversation not really about men where the fact that male you know hormone levels dramatically decline and if you don't look after your health the same with losing hair or you know mm. these conversations mm. are things which can effectively actually make or break a long term or a marriage you know a partnership or a marriage and it comes and it might seem like it's a small thing you know oh so and so looks like this or I just don't really love him mm. anymore because he doesn't look like this or she doesn't she's gone back hill why don't we look like we did when we were married why do we not look like when we first met you remember when we mm. first met these conversations yeah, couples frequently have yeah and especially if one person wants to try and fix it and the other person is sabotaging that then there's resentment and yeah. people feeling a certain level of contempt towards that individual. I guess if is... you were speaking in a cycle of psychology of a human, if somebody wants to lose like weight, for example, mm. what happens is sometimes partners get together, one might have quite a lot of weight to lose the other one might not that partner that might have a lot of weight to lose decides that they want to lose the weight mm. and what happens is sometimes the partner on the opposite side can effectively go from being supportive to the opposite yeah. because they now start to feel that threatened threatened in a way and we've seen this happen on so oh, many so relationships many and it's it's something which we weren't together when i did the majority of my weight loss you know when we first you know mm. but I can see and I have understood why people, you know, somebody starts to look and feel better, which means mm. confidence grows. They mm. shine confidence more. A partner sometimes doesn't like that. They might see it's more attention grabbing or yeah. something is doesn't really add up. Mm. And then they start to resent the result you've acquired. And this is when it can actually start to be, you know, the opposite. Like, why don't we just stay the way we were? Yeah. Or why didn't we, you know, and we've seen this in couples and always kind of been like, what's going on? Like, yeah, this is interesting. You know yeah. what I mean? It's not even self-sabotage. It's, it's, no, it's sabotaging. Sub, uh, yeah. uh, subconscious sabotaging. Yes, and it's very subconscious. And until you mm. actually think about it, you're like, that happens in a lot of people's lives on the daily very frequently yeah. and it's not necessarily that they've lost weight or potentially both partners or somebody has lost a lot of weight and done really well and and the other other person does not acknowledge it yeah which is another thing that we've which seen or need or you think you need thing. to lose more or, or they think yeah, that they may become hypercritical prior to even saying well done it's then well you should continue to do it even yeah more harder which is not even acknowledging the initial 
progression made and you know the thing is some people do this you know you've got to be quite a very spiteful individual to go out of your way to be nasty to your partner and I'm, I would assume that a lot of the stuff is done subconsciously so you know our goal going forward is to bring couples together to highlight these subconscious behaviors and different environments where people will sabotage you or feel a certain way towards you because maybe someone's changing and it makes you feel yeah and i think it's also like we you know part of the the thing is obviously we want to get down to the nitty-gritty of like why people behave mm. the way they do but also it's to provide a mm. result which mm. Both parties are, have worked equally towards, mm. and they've got that quality time together where yeah. they're actually, you know, they're not talking about work, they're not talking about this, they're actually doing something that helps them in the long term together. And that's yeah. what something, you know, we always underestimate, you know, how much we do do together. Yeah. You know, it takes two to tango on a lot of things when yeah. you're in a long term like relationship. Everybody supports every, well, this is a very broad statement, but generally, in, in, Everybody supports one another in a relationship when, you know, things happen. But so why can't everybody be on the same page when it comes to health and exercise and nutrition? And yeah, and I think, you know, and it's, it's one of these things where I've heard I was saying like. And I like, think I think one of our unique selling points is obviously, you know, we're a married couple and there's a male perspective and a female perspective. And, you know, I will openly say that most men are to not arrogant but like they're they're just sometimes so unaware of the things that they say or the actions that they have towards their partners that they you know probably need a little talking to or highlighting from which you know best comes across when we've got two different perspectives looking at the same issue yeah and I think you know what we want is couples that you know that really you know they have weight to lose they you know need to get the, their health better so the fact that they you know deepen their relationship together also mm. and I think you know it's very important that a lot of the research that's been done and that we've you know got into has been about sort of like lack of intimacy in relationships and the mm. confidence within couples mm. and it doesn't just happen on the woman's side it comes to the man's yeah. amount of men that have come home and a wife you know I've dealt with clients you know I've dealt with this situation where they go home and they don't want to be with their partner any longer they don't want it and and some of that has come down to the fact that they've they they haven't even let go but they've changed as human beings throughout mm. their relationship and now no longer Mm. is that relationship deep yeah. enough for them to stay together and you know sometimes it's not always about the physical thing it's about the mental side but mm. understanding what can effectively trigger you in a, in a relationship what can what actually helps you going forward and mm. actually getting to the bottom of you know actually we can achieve this and we can achieve it together yeah opening up levels of communication because sometimes i think you know things are thought about but not communicated so you know, you're like, oh, I was thinking that, but I never actually said that. Or it gives people a free space to then communicate between one another about how they actually feel with regards to their goals, uh, what their priorities are. And yeah, then, and if you know, if it is a priority and, you know, you want people guiding you through, then this mm. is obviously what SOCOP is about to obviously change into. So, yeah. you know, is that perfect answer for you to, to literally guide you as a couple through 
big physical changes, but also huge mindset changes overall so that you end up both in a positive space. And we never really want to be, you know, our type of clientele that we work with or want to work with going forward. You know, we want to see people align those priorities. Mm. You know, people come together on everything, you know, buying a house, you name it. It's about time we came together on health and well-being and also just understood our goals which sometimes Mm. you just don't communicate to your partner and we know that when we do things together and it's thought out and structured my god is it easier like you know and we keep each other encouraged and we push each other further and we get ourselves to a point where we actually create this environment that's really positive and outgoing and i guess that's like what socop is going to stand for as well is creating or not necessarily even creating i guess you could say forming habits that help you know our clients succeed in their long-term weight loss goals and you know we want to still be results driven just like what was deep down in the arrow club all that time we are always results driven our clients results Mm. are literally everything to us but we want to make sure that it's in the right pathway and can really help those individuals yeah. involved. Yeah, the the right environment is 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 crucial. So, making sure that it's supportive and there's open communication is one thing that we think is going to uh, boost overall adherence and enjoyment and create uh, some fond memories and <laughs> all the lovey-dovey stuff no mark it's not about lovey-dovey fondling but we're actually moving on a little bit as to how you know so we're going to start you know obviously socup will do to be properly launching in a a couple of weeks time Mm. um so if you see stuff changes on social media um etc etc you'll now obviously seeing as being a seasoned listener Mm. will understand why we are changing and what the purpose is going forward and it's only ever going to get better it's going to grow more it's going to make everybody happier in situations and also just you know it's going to open up um, a different channel of communication for us, especially with the podcast. Um, we very much plan on really delving in deep to um, yeah, relationships that impact, with yeah, other professionals and clients as well. Like we want to touch on a whole bunch of things that people will find value um, in uh, that relate to both uh, both individuals and couples. Um, yeah, and so I think, you know, it's just really important that actually such a large percentage of our life is, you know, statistically spent with somebody. And, you know, you should make the most of that time, you know, and make mm. sure that your goals do align so that you are creating the best and the happiest version of the life that, you know, you're, you're in. So, you know, going forward, you'll see more, I'm sure, of us on multiple different yeah. ways. <laughs> um, and yeah, I mean, always feel free to obviously get in contact with us. And if you want to know more or just find out more, then obviously we yeah. are always open for you for a good old discussion on things. Um, but yeah, I guess I could say that it's bye bye. The Arrow Club and Hello Socap. Yeah. It's not fucking RIP. Nobody's died, Mark. Always so negative. <laughs> no, it's bye-bye the Arrow Club. You've served us incredibly well, but with the business that we are now and the people that we have become, Socap is something which we are super passionate about yeah. getting into. And 
Yeah, I, look, I, I really wait. look forward to it. I, I, re- I really look forward to being able to bring to the table what we've obviously, you know, what we've not only learned, experienced, mm. and what we can bring to the couples going forward. So, yeah, that's episode 20 today, talking all about why... Short and sweet today. Short and sweet, is it? Yeah. Oh, I didn't even realise how yeah. short and sweet we were talking. Um, but, yeah, I guess you don't want to waffle on too much about business no. change. Maybe No, we'll but uh, obviously watch this space. Uh, we've got, we got some big changes <laughs> coming, so... Watch this space. Yeah. No. But, yeah, you'll see more from us, and, like, um, we hope you enjoy it as well. And, you know, this is only, only just the start. Anyway, thanks for listening, guys, and we will check in next week. Bye. Bye.